This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Let's talk about the conservative leadership race now. Aaron O'Toole announcing his leadership campaign this morning. He will go up against... Uh, former Conservative Cabinet Minister Peter McKay for the leadership. Also a couple other contestants in there, but I think this one may be shaping up as Peter McKay's job to lose, although I think Aaron Aaron O'Toole could give him a run for his money. Let's check in with Michael Tobe now. He is a political analyst and columnist. He's a former speechwriter for then-Prime Minister Stephen Harper, and I'm very pleased to welcome him back. Hiya, Michael. Hey, Mike, how are you today? I'm doing great. Tell me about Aaron O'Toole. Who is this guy for people who don't know? I mean, a lot of people do, but who is he? Well, he's an Ontario MP. He's been around for a little bit, a few years now. Uh, His background is both in business and in the military, so he certainly has private sector experience as well as public sector experience. He's not widely known throughout the country, and again, that's not terribly surprising, Not every member of the Tory caucus, even the last one in 2015, was extremely well-known. But again, he's held senior portfolios. He certainly has the respect of some of his caucus colleagues. But I think you pointed out quite correctly, Mike, which is that it's going to be a very difficult task ahead of him to beat someone like uh, Peter McKay, who has really come running out of the gates pretty fast, has gained uh, at least 10 or 11 MPs endorsements by now, including as well MPPs, MLAs, and others, and the party is starting to coalesce around him. But yeah, I agree with you, and I've said it as well. Aaron, Aaron O'Toole, if nothing else, will give him a good run for his money. Okay, what kind of message do you think he's got to uh, put forward here to convince the members of the Federal Conservative Party to give him this job? Because right now, it just seems to me like this is potentially setting up as a Peter McKay coronation, especially after we saw some other uh, key candidates uh, dropping out of the race and, and not running, mm-hmm. not- notably Rona, Rona, uh, Rona Ambrose. Right. Well, Rona Ambrose and Pierre Pogliavra dropped yeah. out. Uh, yeah. Jean Charest also did, and that all happened within three successive days. So whether you like the candidates that I mentioned or not, I mean, that's three different people who are out pretty fast. Um for Aaron O'Toole to be competitive with uh, Peter McKay, I think he has to distinguish himself. Naturally, he doesn't have a policy platform out right now, so there's nothing for me to sort of observe and parse through to tell you which will be different. But one of the ways he can easily do it is that Peter McKay, although he has worked very well with uh, blue Tories or right-leaning Tories in the past, typically is associated with red Tory values, much like his late father, who was actually a cabinet minister for Brian Mulroney. I think that the best way for Aaron O'Toole to at least be competitive is to ensure that uh, fiscal conservative values are first and foremost. And whatever his positions are on social conservative positions, and I don't know all of them specifically, he has a choice what he wants to do. I believe he's a centrist socially, so he can sort of fight from that angle, which might make him a little bit different than Peter McKay. Or what he needs to do is come up with some unique policies on uh, tax policy, families, government policy, etc., to make sure that he is a clear alternative to Peter McKay. Because if all he looks like is something to, to the nature of Peter McKay light, it's not yeah. going to work very well for him. Okay, let's let's get the perspective of another great political analyst here, Sarah McIntyre on the line. She's a former press secretary to then Prime Minister Stephen Harper, and I'm very pleased to welcome her back. Hi, Sarah. 
Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. What do you think about this uh, matchup here so far? Aaron O'Toole announcing he will run for the federal conservative leadership here. going to have to take on Peter McKay. I think that's a tall order for him. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I mean, it's uh, it's really at this point, it's Peter's to lose. Um, yeah. He has the name recognition and he has a... Uh, he has a great following that's not just in the East, but also in Ontario and, of course, all with the uh, Canadian Armed Forces as well. Um, and it seems to me that Aaron's kind of positioned himself to be going after the same voter coalition that Peter is. And I think that that, uh, that doesn't bode well for Aaron. I think Peter will be more successful in getting those votes out. Um, and, you know, the voting process is, is a bit unique as well. So it's every riding is weighted equally. So you need to... You need to be on the ground and into the ridings and talking to members. Um, and that's going to make a difference about who comes out on top. But at this point, I would say it's definitely Peter's to lose. It's um, yeah. a time for renewal and reflection for the party. So, you know, I hope that some of those discussions uh, take place over the next few months. Okay, speaking to Michael Tobe and Sarah McIntyre about the federal conservative leadership. Michael, it seems to me that one of the yeah. big stories here on this leadership is is not so much who is running. I mean, we knew kind of widely speculated Peter McKay would go in there and Aaron O'Toole would, yes. would take another crack at it. But it's like you mentioned, the people who have dropped out. So we've had some very high-profile people announce that they're not going to run for this job. Rana Ambrose, Pierre Poliev, as you mentioned, Jean Charest, the former Quebec premier. Why are these mm-hmm. people dropping out? I mean, those are some big names that don't want this job. How, why is that happening? Well, look, I mean, obviously, they all have their personal reasons. Some may be tied to uh, family, some may be tied to business. Some in the case of, say, Rona Ambrose, for example, she was sort of happy where she is in Alberta in the private sector. And you have to respect them because obviously, and Sarah knows this as well, anyone who enters public life or wants to become a politician, be it just a backbencher, a cabinet minister or prime minister, it's a tough road to hoe. And there's a lot of stress that you can feel personally on your family, with friends, loved ones, etc., and I understand why some of them don't want to necessarily make that commitment. Mr. Polievra, for example, used that also as part of his element that he had missed most of his daughter's first year of life, and he just didn't feel comfortable doing much more than that. Because you're basically looking at roughly, let's say to be nice, two, two and a half years of being in opposition, even though it's a minority government with uh, Justin Trudeau and the Liberals, it's a strong minority. And for that reason, things will just sort of stay the way they are because parties are obviously banding about for money and attention and they don't want to necessarily run back into another election. So with all that in mind, you're looking at the possibility of staying in opposition for a while, all the various things you have to deal with in your personal and public life. And some people just don't want to make that commitment. And Mr. Charest, Ms. Ambrose, and Mr. Poliavra have their reasons, obviously, some of which they've said and some which I'm sure they hold privately. But we have to respect that position. And Peter McKay, Aaron O'Toole, and a few others have chosen to make that sacrifice. So we have to admire them for it and look at their credentials. Sir, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, these are some big names not Mm -hmm. running for this uh, job, notably Ronna Ambrose. I think there was a lot of speculation that she would run and would likely be the front runner if she did put her name forward. Uh, What are your thoughts about all of them dropping out? Yeah, I know it was it was disappointing to see uh, Rana not uh, jump in the race, but it's it's understandable. I mean, think about it now, uh, Mike. I mean, if you put your name in to run for a leader of a, of a party, 
your entire life is on Earth with a microscope for the past 20 years plus. Uh, and, you know, we as, uh, you know, the public and media, we kind of judge people's actions from 20 years ago with today's values. And that's always a very difficult thing uh, to pivot from. And so you are signing up for, you know, having your life um, under a microscope, uh, not just for the leadership, but it, should you win, that will continue. And so it's not uh, a decision to take lightly. Um, it's, it's your decision, but it affects your entire family. Um, and it will be a long way before we uh, are in a general election. So I think it's interesting, too, you know, we're in Ontario. I'm in Ontario right now, and the Ontario Liberal Party is going through its own leadership contest. And, and again, you see some of these names kind of coming up that all have decided not to run, and you're kind of getting the, the B team that's that's looking at taking over over the Ontario Liberal Party. And I, I think it's not just something that is, uh, you know, about this particular party or the Conservative Party. I think it's in general people people are less and less eager to throw their hat in, even if, like, I mean, this t- contest really is, you probably are going to be the next prime minister if you win, and you're going to be prime minister of a G7 country, and we still have people reticent to throw their hat in. So I think that's a, an interesting thing is that less and less people want to get involved in politics. Sarah, I agree with you on uh, Peter McKay that this is his to lose. This guy had been kind of anointed as a potential leader of this party some time ago. And I think he's clearly the front runner and the betting favorite to win this job. What is his appeal potentially to Canadians? I mean, what is Peter McKay's brand? How do you sort of analyze him? You know, I don't know if you caught his launch speech on Saturday, but it was probably one of the best speeches I've ever seen delivered uh, by any politician. It was inspiring. It was authentic. It was uh, talking about family values. It was ambitious, looking forward. It was uniting. Um, So I think kind of where Peter stands is, you know, this party is part and parcel of some of the decisions and sacrifices he made, um, you know, uh, forming with with Stephen Harper. Um, And so he's going to play on that. I'm a true conservative. This is my legacy. And going forward, you know, I'm the progressive voice um, that can unite the country. I, I value pipelines. I value the West. I value the armed forces. I am a family man. I believe in supporting the family. I believe in the economy. I believe in uh, standing up for rights and principles on international policy. So I think he has a, a pretty high level of credentials and, and positions um, going forward. Now, those are all going to have to get played out and, and seeing exactly what his policy positions are. But I think he has this unifying uh, voice within the party and people look at him and say, yeah, he's been in cabinet. He's had tough roles. And and maybe this is the guy that we need to take on Justin Trudeau in the next election. election. Uh, should it be uh, Justin Trudeau okay. running? I mean, that's still a question. Mike, Michael Tobe, can uh, McKay beat Trudeau? Again, and I, I think Sarah has covered it quite well, part of the problem is we don't know his policies right now. So it's, it's very difficult for me to look at an invisible piece of paper and tell you that he can. But let's put it this way. He should be able to. And I think that Justin Trudeau has shown, in my opinion, uh, an ineptness as prime minister. I think he's one of the weakest prime ministers and liberal leaders, certainly in many, many years, if ever, and he is ripe for the picking. He was ripe for the picking in last year's federal election, but we know what happened. Um, so, yes, I think that if Peter McKay is able to establish some solid policy positions that unite 
left-leaning conservatives, which are red Tories, and right-leaning conservatives, which are blue Tories, together and follows the model of uh, my old friend boss Stephen Harper's incremental conservatism. I shouldn't say mine. It's actually ours because actually Sarah worked for him as well. Um, (laughs) But using incremental conservatism where, you know, you basically have fiscal conservative issues and social conservative slash social centrist issues and work on them properly to meld it into policies that inspire Canadians to vote for you, not just small C conservatives, but others, because remember, to win an election, having the small C conservative base behind you is great, Mike, but you also need everybody else. And lots of Canadians don't necessarily okay. think like Sarah and I on various issues. Okay, but here's if what I'll say. ultimately wins and does it, then yes, I think it yeah. is doable and he can be Trudeau. Talking about the federal conservative leadership, another contender enters the race today, Aaron O'Toole. He will take on Peter McKay. Uh, Marilyn Gladue and Derek Sloan among uh, the leadership uh, contenders as well, candidates. Richard DeCary, um, my guest Sarah McIntyre, Michael Tobe. Sarah, real quick, this leadership race and the troubles that conservatives have had over over uh, same-sex marriage issues and abortion issues, is this still a problem? I mean, you got this Richard DeCary guy uh, giving an interview saying being gay is a choice and all the other candidates kind of condemning that. This guy has zero chance to win this leadership. But here he is sort of putting that, making statements like that. Is this a problem for this party? Uh, it's a problem for him. I don't think it's uh, a problem for the party. I think the responses from the candidates, uh, you know, clearly shows that his views are outdated. They're not part of it and they're not welcome in the Conservative Party. You know, it really does rest with the um, leadership uh, election organizing committee called LEOC. Um, Dan Nolan and, and former uh, cabinet minister MP Lisa Raitt are the co-chairs. And they have the ability to shut this guy down by not allowing him to run for uh, the leadership. Uh, and I think that that's something that um, they should be carefully looking at uh, because if we want to close the book on these single issues uh, and say that they are not welcome in this party, uh, then, you know, the, this is the opportunity to kind of shut that down. Um, doesn't mean that so, so other social conservatives that are not single issue um, members are, aren't welcome in the party. I mean, they still have a very strong role to play in the party. But when you're talking about same sex marriage and you're talking about, um, you know, uh, equal rights uh, and right. abortion, that those issues are long settled with Canadians and they should be within our party as well. Okay. The, the time is flowing by here. We've only got one minute left. Michael, do you want to weigh in there on that? Well, sure. Very quickly. I've been actually asked this a couple of times already in the last little while. And I actually am a fiscal conservative and a moderate social conservative. So I kind of fit under that realm. And I can tell you that when I heard Mr. Descartes make those statements, I was disgusted by it. It's, it's nothing I agree with. It's nothing that represents my point of view. And much like Sarah, I really think that the Conservative Party of Canada is tired of this discussion and tired of these types of people coming in and claiming that they speak on behalf of many of the members. They might, you know, certainly a small amount for sure, but not many more than that. I don't believe, obviously, in tossing him out of the leadership race. In fact, if anything, I think you put him in there and you keep isolating and you keep hammering him over and over again until people finally get the point that, that conservatives in this country are welcoming of all points of view and operate under a Big Ten philosophy. So that's the only purpose I think someone like this serves. Michael, Sarah, thanks for your time today. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Michael Tobe, Sarah McIntyre on the federal conservative leadership race.